It is Locked on Jazz for the 20th of July. A huge thank you to start. I'll explain in a second. Then the latest rumors and news. Donovan Mitchell, Jazz coaching, other things of that sort. What should the price for Donovan Mitchell be? And can he return for another year in Utah? Or is that out the window? It all comes up next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcast apps, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Thumbs up, five stars, both greatly appreciated. Thank you. This This is the day in 2009, which is a long time ago, in which I started the dream I had when I was 10, 11, 12 years old, nine, we're not sure, driving the old Wasatch Boulevard with my dad when I said to my dad, I want to be that guy. And I was talking about Hot Rod Hunley and listening to jazz broadcasts. I want to be the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Uh, Lifelong dream since I was literally, we're not sure, nine, 10, 11 years old, somewhere at that point. All we know is there was no 215. It was only Wasatch Boulevard. We were in Utah. I was listening to Hot Rod. And it was on this day in 2009 I was named the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. So today makes the 13th year of being the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. And, uh, I, you know, I, under, I, I am not in any way, shape, or form of ignorant of how hard that was uh, for all of you having me follow Hot Rod uh, and trying to probably um, – Get used to that. Uh, frankly, um, I wasn't used to it. I used to people always used to say to me, I miss Hot Rod. And I'm like, yeah, well, like, so do I. Um, we all do. Uh, so thank you. Uh, you are the people that supported me and have uh, allowed me to make a ton of mistakes and hopefully allowed me to get a lot better over the years and hopefully bring you a unique perspective on the team and make it better to be a Jazz fan every day. So huge thanks. Uh, 13 years. Uh, what an honor! What a what a what a gift! Uh, and hopefully, more importantly, you feel my absolute love to do it every single day. All right, let's get it. To there's so many rumors. I usually try to start with topics, and then th- later in the show, we'll kind of get to rumors. But the rumors are kind of what dominate our mood and our n- news right now. So let let's get to all of them. Jake Fisher, Bleacher Report, reporting he feel he hears will be no R.J. Barrett involved in a Donovan Mitchell deal to New York. That that. That vibes, we've talked about that a little bit on the show. R.J. Barrett's kind of a funky piece, even though he's good. Uh, the question to me really is, whose contract is he a bigger asset for? He's going to have to sign extension. John Morant and Zion Williamson have both signed extensions. He's the third pick of that draft. We did a show uh, with more depth on this, but he's, he's also unique in the sense that he, um, in one sense, he has like great counting numbers and then when you dig in it's like he's like one of the worst per points per drive guys one of the worst per um 
pick and roll guys, all those kind of things. And so it's not totally clear what his value is. From a Jazz standpoint, you would trade for him. You would probably give him uh, an extension. And then he's, in likelihood, he's a trade piece. I mean, you could just run everything through him. His numbers would get really big. I'm not sure he actually hurts you in a rebuild if you're trying to win, not trying to win, and get draft position. Um, but uh, it's, you know, not something that the Jazz would probably, if they take R.J. Barrett, would probably want another asset. The Knicks will probably re-sign R.J. Barrett and then trade him. Because I'm not sure Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett group um, does a lot for him. Woj's report is that at some point the Knicks and Jazz are likely to re-engage. So that makes it sound, and Woj is pretty on it, that at this point the Knicks have made it clear what they want, the Jazz have made it clear what they want, and it's not, and they're not the same. And so now everyone's just kind of dancing around to what we started yesterday's show with before the Lockdown Knicks guys interrupted us is pressure points. We're, we're just playing around to see who gets the next pressure point. And I, I, I don't see anything that tells me this is happening by August 1st, September 1st, or November 1st, actually. The, pressure point would, the next pressure point would probably be training camp. We'll get to that of whether or not Donovan can actually return to Utah. Or whether the Knicks can go to camp without him. That would probably be the next pressure point, but there's nothing that's making this happen with any urgency. And that was my big point yesterday before we got interrupted was that usually there's a timeline that's pushing these things. Uh, Mark Stein uh, says he believes it's going to happen. Tony Jones, jazz reporter of The Athletic, said the same thing. So there is a feeling still that like we're doing this dance and that because and it's just going to take time because there's no pressure points. Um. Here's what's interesting to me. Stein and Mark Stein and Tony Jones did a Spotify live together. And Stein says that the Knicks kind of are at four to five picks and the Jazz want seven to eight. What's interesting about that is it sounds like, well, they're three picks away. They, that could be miles away and that could be almost nothing. So if the four unprotected picks that the Knicks have are in Stein's four to five. And if they understand what years those are, my understanding is that the Knicks could trade the Jazz because they've acquired so many picks consecutive years there. Obviously, the further the picks go out, the more risk there is to the team trading them and in turn should be more value to the team acquiring them. Um, So... You know, whether you trade a 2029 unprotected versus 2027 unprotected seemingly is advantageous to New York if it's 2027 and advantageous to Utah if it's 2029. And probably a better analogy if you're talking 2029 versus 2025. Okay, so 2025 pick advantageous for New York, 2029 advantageous to Utah, though it pushes us all the way out. Right. So while that sounds like, oh, well, it's easy to get that done. It's super determined what those four or five picks are versus the seven or eight that the Jazz want. If the four unprotected are in there, and then we're talking about two of these other picks, I I agree with everyone else. Then this thing gets done with some ease because um, the... Now you're talking about, frankly, at that point, you know, Quentin Grimes is the equivalent of a pick, maybe better than a pick because... If you're talking about the protected picks, 
Always remember this kind of data point. 50% of players after the 11th pick of the draft, and I'm going to have to update this data at some point here, but 50% of picks don't, don't become rotation players. So think about it as if you're grabbing a play, if you're grabbing two protected picks, so picks are going to be in the 20s or early unprotected picks because these teams are going to be good in the 20s, you're probably getting a rotation player 50% of the time. Now, Danny Ainge's track record's better than that. But that's league average. And that's kind of where I think you have to expect to be in this. Um, Mark Stein also brings up a really interesting point here that there's a whole Julius Randle factor to this. That Julius Randle still sitting on the Knicks books was a massive contract. And they need to try to... You know, figure that out. They're going to end up, if they trade for Donovan, with Brunson, Mitchell, R.J. Barrett on extension, and Randall, four massively paid players, and and they're going to have to navigate that. So that there is some element, to, to, and to get rid of Randall, they may have to put assets in that deal so that some of the assets that would be going to Utah actually might be needed in a Randall deal, and that makes things a little more interesting or a little more difficult to get done. All right, so those are the big rumors there. Quickly, a few news notes. And really the question, what is the right price for Donovan? So we'll get into that in a second. I went through, there's been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven deals <clears throat> that you can look at, maybe even eight if you count Mike Conley. Um, and, and to see what, what should be the market. Few other news notes. Jordan Clarkson will represent the Philippines in the FIBA World Cup Asian Games that take place in late August. Kyle Korver has been added to the Hawks front office. Had a great conversation with Kyle earlier this year um, when, or when we were in Brooklyn and he was working with Ben Simmons. So congratulations uh, to Kyle on that. And Atlanta is the perfect place for him on that. And then um, uh, Scott Morrison is been added to the Jazz staff according to Sport Ando, I think it was. Um, and this is a guy who actually I looked into when I was trying to research my own for the Jazz, like who might be a surprise head coach. Morrison came up in, he had been the main G League head coach. He had then got promoted out of being the main G League head coach to be on Brad Stevens' staff. He then was interviewed for the head coaching job that M.A. Udoka got. And he instead went and became the head coach in um, Perth for the Perth Wildcats of the Australian NBL. And Sportando is reporting he will be the new head coach of the Salt Lake Stars. Um, so that's a great get and puts it, you know, he's worked with, with the Celtics, but not with Will Hardy. So that's the connections to Danny there. Um, but Morrison was frankly, with G League experience, and I like, you know, as we did the search, we always looked for guys who had G League experience. That was a guy that had been uh, on my list and had interviewed for a head coaching job before. So, uh, nice addition to the Jazz staff um, there. He's Canadian um, and grew up uh, in Canada. Uh, One other note Dan Clayton put into a a story recently, he does such a great job, is that when people are making make-believe trades, this doesn't may not really matter that much, but the newest Minnesota Timberwolves players cannot be aggregated with a jazz player until September 6th. Now they can be separated. And if the salaries still match, it's fine. 
But if, and we're probably not trying to acquire a $30 million player, but, you know, if you suddenly say, well, we'll take, we'll trade you uh, Patrick Beverly's contract and somebody else in another deal, you know, and something, and we'll get Julius Randle off you for the Knicks, along with the Donovan Mitchell, that they actually can't all be aggregated together until September 6th. So that, no, no, that. All right. Those are all the latest news, rumors, stories, rest of what's going on. What is Donovan Mitchell real value? Stop the Nick, locked on Knicks, locked on Jazz, bantering back and forth. Uh, Alex actually got into this a little bit in yesterday's conversation. So let's dig into what truly should the value of Donovan Mitchell be in the trade market if he wasn't our player, if we weren't emotionally attached to the greatness of 45 and wanting a haul, what actually, if somebody else was trading Donovan Mitchell, would we say is his value? Today's show is brought to you by Intercap Lending. That's Steve Carter. That's the best right there. We love Steve Carter. Steve Carter's our own personal loan officer at Intercap Lending, and Intercap does amazing work. Most importantly, Intercap does amazing work because they get deals done. And when you're looking for a loan officer, you want someone to help you through the process, make it easier for you, and to get you the best deal possible. But most importantly, what do you want? You want deals that are done. And when you read the reviews on Steve Carter and every single person in lockdown has been using Steve Carter, the reviews all say the same thing. They simply say, amazing customer service, great details. Gets the job done. And this is why Intercap has grown so much over the years. Steve Carter has been our guy. And that is why and it has been a pleasure to send you to Steve Carter. Here's an example from Kirk Hubbard. Working with Mr. Carter was by far the easiest activity I've had with respect to my home. From start to finish, it was three weeks from the refi all through the process. And I kept advised of the status and accurate expectations were provided on a very frequent basis. That's what makes Steve Carter great. He's our own personal loan officer. You can email me at dlock09 at gmail.com, and I'll connect you straight to Steve, and he'll get right back to you immediately. Or, on the other end of things, you can just call Steve directly. Here's the number for Steve Carter directly if you don't want to use me, but do make sure you mention Locked on Jazz because you'll get the corporate discount. 385-800-8528. Intercap Lending, number NMLS, number 190465. Today's show is also brought to you by Online. .net for all the latest sports gambling news information that you want there go to betonline.net i always love to you can get involved in the uh the arsenal crystal palace game today if you want to if you want to get into a little soccer as well major league baseball futures with the uh odds to win the al central the twins are plus 110 the white Sox are plus 120 uh, there, the odds to win the ALS, the Yankees are minus 10,000. They're running away with it. Odds to win the AL West, the Astros are minus 500. The Mariners are plus 750 on their win streak. NL Central, the Brewers are minus 185, and the Cardinals at plus 185. And over in the Mets, minus 175 with the Braves, plus 135 with the Dodgers, minus 500. My Giants fiddling out of that race also nba futures as well if you want to look into all those kind of fun things odds to win the championship the bucks are now the favorite to win the championship at plus 600 with the celtics plus 625 the warriors at plus 650 and the clippers plus 700 with phoenix plus 750 the lakers six a plus a thousand so no durant deal uh impacting things there all right there have been thank you very much by the way for making locked on jazz your first listen have you tuned into the top 50 most impactful 
NFL players brought to you by Bet Online. It's been super fun. Make sure you grab it. It's over on Locked On NFL as well. Uh, top 50 most valuable player by the odd makers at Bet Online. Locked On NFL has it for you. All right. There have been one, two, three, four, five, six deals that I think we can use as kind of where do we think Donovan Mitchell deal should be or shouldn't be. That That's kind of my feeling here on, uh, and, and so we can look at those deals and try to figure out what we think. So Paul George was traded by the Thunder to the Clippers. And remember, Paul George at this point said, I'm only going to one place and I'm only resigning one place. And the Thunder for Paul George. Now, the leverage the, the Thunder had was that Kawhi Leonard wasn't signing with the Clippers unless Paul George came. So the Thunder had awesome leverage here. They got four unprotected firsts, one protected pick, two pick swaps, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. That's the grandest haul of all hauls because Shea Gilgis-Alexander is super. Four unprotected picks, the protected pick, and two pick swaps. Pick swaps will probably never come to fruition. The pick swap is greatly different in value. In longer out, it's really valuable. Closer in, it's not very valuable because by definition, you're trading the best player to the other team, so pick swap shouldn't work. Okay, so there's Paul George. Donovan's value versus Paul George, honestly hard to tell because of those two factors. I think Paul George's value is higher because it brought Kawhi Leonard, right? So I think, honestly, Donovan doesn't have quite the four unprotected, one protected, two pick swaps, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander only because of the Kawhi Leonard factor. But as a player, he's younger than Paul George at that point um, and has a lot of similarities to him other than length. James Harden, old at this point, three unprotected picks, four pick swaps, and Milwaukee's 2022 pick. I'm Harden's a bet at his peak is a better player than Donovan. And if Daryl Morey knew at the time of the trade that Harden was going to do what he's doing with his contract right now, that's an interesting question. But Donovan's 20-whatever-years-old, 25, maybe turn 26, and I think the Knicks should feel pretty comfortable that they're that he's going to re-sign. Like, that's part of their value that should be their value is the fact that Donovan likely to re-sign in New York, and New York's actually had a really hard time getting free agents. Donovan is 25 until September 7th. Um, we can aggregate contracts on the 6th, so... You, his birthday present can be the seventh. No, uh, or I, okay. So, three unprotected, another first round pick, and four pick swaps for Harden. Anthony Davis, who said he was pretty much going to one team, but is a bigger time top five prospect in the league than Donovan. Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Jason Hart, and three unprotected picks. So one player was a third pick of a draft. Two players were top three picks of the draft and three unprotected picks. That's that's massive. And frankly, knowing, you know, at the time, you don't think the Lakers' unprotected picks are worth anything. So you're really, on that one, you're saying, here's two star potential players 
and four, one rotation player established in Hart, and then three shots at a rotation player. That's really what that was, right? When we kind of, again, think about it in that manner, that those, those unprotected picks are rotation players. On James Harden, three unprotected picks, four pick swaps, and the Milwaukee pick is kind of almost two shots at an unprotected player and maybe two shots at something happening. Probably only one shot at something happening. With Paul George, you've got one future star in Shea Gilgis-Alexander, like you had that. Four unprotected picks is it works its way out. Probably, again, first two are just potential rotation player, one rotation player, and then maybe two shots. It's kind of the Gobert trade. That one's pretty similar to the Gobert trade. It just doesn't have Shea Gilgis. DeJounte Murray was two unprotected picks, a pick swap, and a 2023 protected pick. Now, DeJounte Murray was an all-star, and the Knicks are probably looking at that saying, whoa, that's, that's what we're willing to give up. That's not the same as what we've seen, but DeJounte Murray's not the same as Paul George, James Harden, Anthony Davis. Donovan Mitchell, I would say, is more valuable than DeJounte Murray, but somebody might argue the other way. But that's two unprotected picks on an Atlanta team that may or may not be, that's a little bit better than like in the 20s. They, they may or may not be good. And a pick swap that, depending what you, you know how far out it is, again, has value. Gobert, which is the one that has everybody rattled, four unprotected picks. The 2022 pick, right? The pick they just got in Walker Kessler. Balmero probably has some value to people. He was a tw- first round pick in 20. And then a 26 pick swap. We know that one well. But what is that? That is probably two shots at a marquee player. One rotation player off the two you take a shot at. And then the Walker Kessler. So probably two rotation players and two shots at the bomb. Two shots at the bomb is what Paul George got. James Harden probably got one shot at the bomb. Anthony Davis got two in the sense you got Brandon Ingram in there. You got Lonzo Ball in there. And you got unprotected. You probably got two shots, but they were actually Ball and Ingram. You actually knew who they were. Might argue that Paul George got you three shots at the long bomb because Gilgis Alexander and two unprotected picks. Rudy got you two shots at the bomb. I'm not sure DeJounte Murray got you any. Drew Holiday was two unprotected picks, two pick swaps, and then filler. I'm not sure Drew Holiday got the Pelicans much. And then Mike Conley got you, I think, by the time it was done, Grayson Allen, two first-round picks, protected, Zero shots at the bomb, but a bunch of rotation players. And I'd say Holiday got you zero shots at the bomb, but some rotation players. So what the Jazz can, I think, reasonably ask for here is two shots at the bomb. Right? If Paul George got you three, James Harden maybe got you one, Anthony Davis got you two, Donovan Mitchell, you're hoping to get two shots at the bomb. So that's two unprotected picks pushed out. Then you'd probably like to get two or three rotation players. That seems to be right. James Harden, 300 protected picks, and the four pick swaps, that's plus the 2022 Milwaukee. That's probably three rotation players. Anthony Davis, three unprotected picks, which are probably plus Hart. That's probably two rotation players with two shots at a bump. 
Paul George, probably similar concept, one, one or two rotation players with three shots of the bomb. So you'd like to have two shots of the bomb, and then you need two or three rotation players. And to me, that's two unprotected picks in the early going, and two of their other picks for four picks, two shots right there, two, two players probably, and then one of their younger players. Or you limit the picks down to two more unprotected picks in one of theirs and two of their players, if you like Obi Toppin, Quinton Grimes, some of those players. Anything more than that, the Jazz really are pulling a great deal. And that's where the pressure points play here. But I think that without any kind of, you know, really trying to analyze what each pick is worth, what each player is worth, like quickly, Topham and Grimes to me are, I don't think they're quality, I heard Tony Jones say they're quality starters in the NBA. I'm not there. We'll, we'll, We'll dig in tomorrow what their value is. So that's where I sit. All right, few other notes. Can Donovan return to the Utah Jazz in the midst of this is maybe the other most important question on all this. Thanks for listening to Locked On Jazz. Do make sure you check out our top 50 NFL players on Locked On NFL. It's been a really fun series we have going on. I don't see why Donovan Mitchell cannot return to the Utah Jazz. He's got years left on his contract. It's all been talked about, but it's been talked about for a while. And Donovan has proven to be a total star in regards to issues like this. And from Donovan's standpoint, Donovan's got, one, he's good. Two, he's a great kid. And three, he's got a brand to deal with. And Adidas doesn't want him causing problems, particularly if there's a chance they could get their heyday, which is, frankly, him moving to New York City and becoming even more high-profile. The negative that all the Knicks fans are saying about Donovan Mitchell coming back to the Utah Jazz is the idea that, well, it hurts your draft position for 2023. There's some validity to that. However, the other side of this is if you're going to get more by waiting, I mean, the issue is if you're not going to get more by waiting, then don't do it, right? Okay, so that's, like, that would be the first thing I would say is if, if you're not going to get more by waiting, then don't do it. You know, we waited on the Mike Conley deal and didn't get it done. And then three months later, seemingly, according to at least the reports, added another pick, which is kind of the wrong, that's the wrong way to do it in theory. If you get less value by the more time, by the less time, and then you give away more, I, I think you kind of want to avoid that. The, from a jazz standpoint to what we just talked about, if getting if holding on to Donovan means you're getting another unprotected pick or holding on to Donovan means you're getting another two rotation players, then the movement of your draft status from 7 to 6 to 10 or 5 to 10 or 4 to 10 or isn't that dramatic. Now, the way the lottery odds work, it's flattened out a great deal more than it once was before. If you're at one of the six worst teams in the NBA, your chances, the top three are 14% to get the number one pick, then 12.5, then 10.5, then 9, then 7.5, then 6.0. Big difference between 6.0 and 14.0. But if you know you're not going to be a bottom three team when the year starts, and maybe even not a bottom four, then we're getting into really minuscule impact of having Donovan on the roster. If you if the Jazz think that they can trade Donovan 
and get worse than every other team in the NBA and then be one of the top three picks and have a 14% chance, which isn't great, frankly, for the number one pick. Like, you go do Tankathon, your, de- your chances of being the 14th pick. But the Knicks fans saying, well, the leverage point on the Knicks is that the Jazz don't want Donovan because they'll win too many games next year. And I agree. I think actually with our roster right now, we're like close to a 500 or so team. And you can start to manufacture and do some things there if you want to bring it down. Is So that then you're talking about a top 15 pick, top 10 pick, maybe, if you keep Don for a little while. I actually think the leverage point, the other side is that the Knicks start the year 7 and 10 is far better for you. You're going you're gonna to get, what do you lose, right? So at my, my point on this is, unless you know you're going to be able to completely get to 1 through 3 in this first year, then what you lose by having Don, if you're the Jazz, on the roster, playing well, entertaining, good to watch, is one optionality. You could still head into the direction of, wait a second, we're not that bad. These players get available and you don't go to the full rebuild. And two, what you so you gain that. You gain the ability to watch him. You gain having value. The other one is you gain that another leverage point might hit on the Knicks or somebody else in the NBA. You, you gain the opportunity for somebody else's desperation. What you lose is being the difference between the fifth pick and the 12th pick, the fifth pick, and the 10th. That's not that big a deal. If you go look at this, the history of the league... That's not that big a deal. If the difference is the 12th pick to the second pick, that is a a decent sized deal. But if the difference is between the 5th pick, the 6th pick, and the 12th pick, you're way better off getting another two pieces in your package. Right? The value difference of, let's say you bring Donovan back, you win 37, 42 games, whatever it might be, you end up the 13th pick of the draft. And I think, you know, obviously the assumption is here to somewhat in this, that if you bring Donovan back, you still could trade him some point at the deadline. And then you bring yourself from being a 40-win team, 45-win team down to a 30-whatever. And now you're picking 11th or you're picking 10th. The difference between picking 6th and 10th, 6th and 12th, is less than the value of getting another two picks in your package for a trade. So on the argument that Nick fans are saying, well, you can't have Donovan come back, it'd be too awkward. No, it wouldn't because Donovan's a total stud. Will Hardy and him have a relationship and Donovan isn't going to hurt his brand and be that person. And it gives the Jazz optionality that maybe you don't go into a rebuild. And in addition, the only real issue is that you actually hurt your overall package of players that you would have as a franchise by bringing Don back. And if you're gaining a pressure point along the way to get an extra piece of this puzzle that you weren't going to get otherwise, then I think actually the difference between being 6 and 12 is actually advantageous for you to go get another pressure point for the Knicks unless you really believe you can be 1 through 3 right away on the draft order. Okay? That's, That's the analysis there. All right, a lot of fun stuff. I have got, I've actually, it, it might seem like nothing's going on, but I, I'm loaded with topics and conversations to be had this week. So we'll continue. Another one, uh, Seth Partnow's got his uh, issues out. 
who are Emmanuel Quigley, Obi Toppin, Quentin Grimes that everyone's talking about. We'll dig into to what their value is. Does Mike Conley have trade value? We'll talk about that this week. He was so much better than anyone realizes last year. Why have people forgotten this? Um, we'll look at that. Uh, so, I've, I mean, I, I'm loaded with stuff for the week. It's Locked on Jazz. Thanks for making it part of it. And thank you for 13 years of being the jazz radio voice. I can't appreciate you enough and the support you've given me. And I 100% miss Hot Rod, too. Have a great one. Talk to you soon.